time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hi, this is Lee Bauckham. This is the Thrivology Podcast and also video. And I'm here today to talk about the second piece of this whole piece about building a thriving body. And last week we talked about exercise. We talked about how we nourish that system, how we fuel a thriving body. And today we're going to be talking about how we keep that body fit, how we move into some exercises and other pieces that help us bring that body to fitness. But let me say that what I'm talking about here is is the goal of having a healthy body that's capable of carrying you through life and doing the things you want to do. Notice that that's a little bit different because I'm not here to talk about the physique you may uh, see in the magazines and how to build that. There's so many programs that talk about having that beach body and that six-pack body and all those things, and that is not my uh, my aim here. That might happen, but that's not really what we're aiming for. We're, we're aiming for health, of bringing you a, a way of building a thriving body that takes you through life. Now, just to remind you, I'm not a trainer. I'm not an exercise expert. I'm going to be talking to you as somebody who's been down the other road of not being in shape and not being healthy and how I move beyond that and some ways you might be able to do that too. I will tell you, this is well-researched. But I'm not here to sell you on an exercise program. I'm not here to sell you on some certain program. I'm here to provide you with some information so that you can build a thriving body. That's what we're here about. So I'm not here to talk about that certain physique. You know, the interesting thing to me is that there is so much emphasis on that physique, that that ideal body uh, all around us. We see it in the movies and on television and we see it in the magazines and, and it surrounds us in the marketing and commercials. That's not what we're striving for here. Again, if that happens, that's fine. That's just not our goal. You see, there is so much emphasis on those things, that physique, that most of us are not capable of creating. No matter what those programs tell us, we're either not willing to go through such a regimen as the people who have those bodies do, or we don't have the genetics, and usually it's a combination of both. You see, if you're going to get to that ideal body, only a few people are going to be able to achieve it. One other piece to note in that ideal is that ideal keeps changing more and more over time. And we have a lot more evidence that right now the ideal is much more created by chemicals than just natural body. And so we have to be kind of aware and, and shield that out because a lot of times people will say, you know, I just can't get to that place. And my response is, well, that's fine. That's not what we're trying to get to. We're trying to get to a much more responsible place where you're building a thriving body that's going to take you through life and avoid as many illnesses and difficulties and problems as we can along the way so that you can thrive. And so how do we do that? Well, first, we make sure that we're not stuck in chasing that ideal. Most people who uh, really are, are objective about how that happens will tell you that that ideal body comes from three pieces and you only have control over two of them. That ideal body comes from a combination of, of eating well, of exercising a lot, and of genetics. And, and those really are 
core pieces. And the genetics can be at least as important, if not more so than the rest. Now, there may be some chemical help, but we're really talking about those three pieces that you only have control over two. And the exercise, as I've talked with people who have built those ideal bodies, one of the things they tell me repeatedly is their exercise dominates their life. It is not a piece of their life. It is their life. And then they tell me about their eating habits, and their eating habits come very close uh, to disorders and the way they have to restrict themselves and the way they have to yo-yo around to get those effects. And then they're blessed with the genetics that allow them to keep a very low three, four, five, six, seven, no more than 8% body fat. Uh, and all of those pieces come together. That's not what we're after. Now, what I do know is a thriving body will look better and better over time and that we're building muscle and we're doing a lot of other pieces, but we're not chasing after the ideal. So make sure that, you know, if this is of interest to you, you're not here because you think I'm going to teach you to have the ideal body, but a thriving body. We're not striving for the ideal. We're working on thriving in life. And so it's not about striving after the muscles and the six pack and all those other pieces. It's about thriving with what you have available to you and the choices that you have that you can make. So let me tell you a little bit about my interest in this. My interest is from my own story. And I, I talked about this in the introduction to this series that I was sick and in the process of recovering from that illness, which we actually thought was going to be fatal, part of it was me recognizing I had not cared for my body. And I realized that I wanted to do more in life and carry myself through life in as healthy a way as I could. And so I had to change some things. And I also will freely admit that in the beginning, I was throwing darts at anything that would move, trying to figure out how to get into some routine that would work. And so I would go from this to that. And, and if an article came out in a magazine, I would read it and I would try it. And if a book came out, I would read it and I would try it. And I made some progress, but I, I kind of found myself really having a hard time putting it all together. Now, what I realized is that when I finally put it together, it's pretty simple. So here is the uh, danger point number one. People go to a gym when they decide to get into shape and they walk into the gym and they're overwhelmed with all the equipment that's in there. And so when they start trying to build up their pattern, they tend to focus on the middle of the room. So let's talk a little bit about what's wrong with that. Remember that gyms don't make their money on people who are in the gym. They make their money on the people who join and don't show up. Not only that, but they certainly do not want you to uh, risk any injury or discomfort while you're there. And so if you walk into the vast majority of gyms, you'll notice that right in the middle is a, a lot of cardio machines. You can find the treadmills and the Stairmasters and uh, all of those uh, elliptical machines and, and uh, you know, the, the um, uh, cycling machines and all of those mechanical things and electronic things that are tracking everything for you and, and taking you through little exercise. I want you to notice something if you walk in. You'll notice that there are lots of people who are on those cardio machines and they're talking on their phone. And they're watching TV and they're reading magazines and books and newspapers and they're watching movies and TV. They're doing whatever they can while they're doing the exercise. Well, I'm not saying it's not helping them, but it's not a maximal effect. 
they're getting a low-term effect because their body needs to be stressed in order to have strength come out of it. And, and so when you look at that place, you realize that the middle of the room, there's not a whole lot going on that's going to be hugely beneficial to those people. Now look on the edge of the room. Look at the edge of that gym and you'll notice that's where the weights are. And the weights where the magic is if you want to get into shape. Now, I'm not going to talk about uh, becoming, you know, a big weightlifting person. I'm just going to say that it's interesting that the gyms are set up not to necessarily help you get into shape, but for the gym's benefit. So when I realized that, I realized I needed to find some ways of moving to a new place where I was exercising myself in ways I enjoyed doing that benefited my body and that allowed me to preserve myself and build my health. So why is it that exercise is so important? Well, there are lots of, of reasons, and I'm going to give you several. One is it gives you more capacity for movement. If your body is out of shape and you decide you want to play with the kids or the grandkids or you want to take up a hobby or a pursuit, you recognize that your limits are there by that physicality. And so part of what we get out of exercising is making sure that our body continues to have the capacity for movement for as long as is possible, knowing that we all have this body that's eventually going to fall apart. But how long can we keep it together? I have a number of friends who are about my age who have basically checked out of doing much in life because their body won't allow them to. And my my belief in myself is that I want to be able to do as much as I can for as long as I can of the things I love to do. So I love to trail run. I love to scuba dive. I love to paddleboard. I want to be able to do those things. I love to be able to hike and I love to be able to get around. I want to continue to be able to do those things. And that's one of the benefits of exercise. That's one of those ways that exercise lets us thrive as we take ourselves through life. But there are some other benefits. For instance, it really does help with weight control. Now, let me be clear that exercise is not your primary way of losing weight. It's a great add-on. Your primary way of losing weight, if you find that you have some extra weight on, is to look at your diet. The simple fact is that when you exercise in a given period of time, there are only so many calories you can burn, and we easily top that out by going and telling ourselves, well, we just exercise so we can have that cheeseburger or that extra slice of pizza or whatever else it is that we rationalize. I've watched this with my friends who do lots of running and, and lots of those long cardio activities, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And what they basically do is reward themselves for the effort they put in, not knowing that their reward far exceeded the uh, cost of calories from that exercise. So while exercise can help with weight control, it's not your primary way of losing weight. There are some changes that happen in your body. For instance, our muscles are much better at burning calories than the rest of our body is. So the more muscle you have, the more calories you're going to naturally burn. We also have an impact on your blood sugar levels and, and some other pieces of, of that puzzle of how our body stores fat when we exercise. And so there absolutely are some extra benefits beyond just burning calories. But remember that weight control is what it's about, not necessarily a lot of weight loss. That said, you can lose weight exercising for sure, especially if you also are watching your diet. Another benefit is the reduced cardiovascular disease that comes with that, but not just 
cardiovascular disease, meaning heart and stroke issues. Uh, but we also watch the diabetes, uh, the chance of diabetes, or even how severe diabetes gets with someone who has it is reduced when somebody's exercising. And it doesn't take a lot of exercise to get there. Really moderate exercise can have a huge impact on your risk of diabetes or the control of diabetes if you already have it. We also know that exercise reduces the chances of some cancers from developing. Not all cancer. It's not going to make you cancer-proof, but it's going to reduce the chances. It's also going to mean that you have more resources to deal with whatever illnesses come your way. Also, we know that there is a reduced risk of dementia when uh, people are exercising, and, uh, and we know that these pieces are all impacted by just a simple exercise routine. It's, it's not about going to extremes. It's a moderate exercise routine, and that's really what we're after. Okay, some other benefits, mood and energy. There is plenty of statistical evidence, research evidence, to show us that exercise is more effective than any antidepressant that chemicals can deliver in your body. Just the simple act of exercising raises our serotonin levels in our brain, makes us feel better uh, throughout life. And that's the big piece is when our mood is better, we also have higher energy. Not only that, but exercising creates more energy. When we exercise, our body just has a natural rhythm. It's, it's basically, you know, we don't get stuck in that hibernation kind of feeling. We're, we're moving around and, and getting more energy going. So your mood and your energy are benefited by exercising. If you have any levels of depression or anxiety, I, I believe that exercise is one of the great interventions that, unfortunately, you have to get beyond that. I don't feel like doing it, but if you do it, what you get out of it is far exceeds the effort. Also, by exercising, we get better sleep. Basically, we're tiring our body out, but we're also impacting uh, those neurochemicals and, and getting to a place where we get a better night's rest. And we'll talk about how you get a better night's rest in a, in a future episode, but just recognize that just a simple act of exercising can help with that process. Also, reduce stress. Basically, your body uh, builds up uh, the adrenaline pieces, all those um, fight-flight chemicals in your body because our, our body is not used to the chronic kind of incidents that, that are around us. We're used to acute stress episodes, wild animal chasing us or something like that. That's what our genetics are designed for, not the chronic pieces of the, that happen in daily life. And so when we exercise, we burn off those chemicals. We allow our body to return to a much more clean state without all those chemicals running around in us. And then there's the fact that exercise slows down the aging. Did you know that after the age of 30, that we lose 3 to 5% of our muscle mass every decade of life? Think about that. 3 to 5. So let's say after you're 30... You live into your 70s or 80s. You have four, five decades, which means that you've lost somewhere between, what, 12 and 20% of your muscle mass. And that's a huge piece for us as we try to age as best we can to be aware that exercising keeps away the loss of, of body muscle, muscle mass. We know that by exercising, meaning by lifting some weights, doing some heavy lifting, and by heavy, I mean, I don't mean like you can't, you can barely pick it up, but just having a strain on our body, it builds up the muscles and keeps that loss from happening. It certainly slows down the loss. So, that raises the question, 
what is your best exercise routine? There's a very simple answer to that. And I'm about to tell you that the very best exercise routine, that one secret can change everything. Because if you found yourself having a hard time exercising, this is one of the big secrets. It's whichever one you will do. That's the best exercise routine. So I may not have this, the best exercise routine for you, but I can tell you some things that you want to be thinking about as you find it. I've noticed a lot of people who you know, jump up and get ready to go uh, maybe January 1st or so or right before spring break or right before summer comes, ready to jump into their exercise routine and it lasts about a week, if that long. What I really have noticed is that people kind of burn themselves out at the beginning and what they're doing is taxing their body so much that they don't think that they could keep doing it. And they basically have said to me, I just don't think I'm built for exercise. So I want to take that away from you. Every human body is built for movement. Every human body is coded to move in the world. And so you are built for exercise. You just have to find the routine that works for you and you have to start slow and build up. One way to sabotage all this is to jump in full force and end up a day or two later with extremely sore muscles and an unwillingness to push through that soreness to get to the next level. So let me warn you at the offset that you can depend right from the beginning that the first couple of times you're going to exercise, whatever exercise routine you try, you're going to feel some soreness if you haven't been doing that. That's your body's way of saying there's some rust in here that has to be knocked off. And you've begun to knock it off, but your body doesn't know how to deal with that. But you have to just push through that. The easiest way to do that is to start slow so that it doesn't get too uncomfortable. When it really, really is painful, that's when people get discouraged. But a little discomfort is just telling you your body needs to be moving and moving forward. So where do you start minimally? Well, let me give you uh, two possibilities of a minimal start point for your exercise routine. If you're not doing anything, this is where you want to start. The first one is very simple. 15 minutes of walking per day. 15 minutes of walking per day. Now, I will tell you, um, I do lots of other exercise, but every single day I walk. And I've built it up. And so every morning I walk about three miles and uh, weather permitting, I walk another two miles or so in the evening. And so that is my routine that started with a 15 minute walk. When I was really out of shape, that was where I started. So a 15 minute walk is a good starting point. It's getting the body moving. The other one you might jump in on is uh, the seven minute workout. Again, this has a lot of research behind it, and you can find apps, whether you're on an Android device or an iPhone device, or you can even look it up on a computer and find out the seven-minute workout. The seven-minute workout basically is uh, all exercises, a, a group of exercises that you do for short amounts of time with a pause in between before you move to the next. You only have to have a chair to do this exercise routine, so there's really no excuse. If you have a folding chair, you have everything you need. They are body weight exercises that are designed to work your entire body. And there's no number that you have to do of each one. It's whatever you can do in that period of time in seven minutes. So let me ask you, do you have 15 minutes to walk and or seven minutes to exercise? And the seven minutes to exercise, you would only want to do three, maybe four times at most a week in the beginning. 
Walking, I believe, is an everyday task. So if you were to do that three days a week, you're at 22 minutes of exercise. The other days of the week, the other four days, you're only at 15 minutes of exercise. That's the minimal piece that I would suggest as a starting point for building that thriving body. So I don't know many people who can't trade out 15 to 22 minutes in order to have their body move along with them through their life in much more thriving ways. What you're moving towards is an increased level of exercise. So let me tell you a little bit about what I believe is kind of the ideal pattern for people. One is to find exercises that are full body workout, multiple muscle group workouts. You want to look for exercises that do not isolate one particular muscle, but are functional exercises. Functional meaning that several different muscle groups are in there together because as opposed to bodybuilding, which is all about isolating a certain muscle to get an effect out of it, we're really about functionality. And so you're looking for the the bigger movements. There are plenty of exercises that include bigger movements, and I'm going to tell you about those in just a minute. But the reason you don't want to isolate is because we are not after having a bulging bicep or some other piece of your body look a certain way. We're looking for an overall health to your body, an overall fitness to your body so that you can do what you want to do. So we're trying to train the muscles to work together instead of isolating something and it becoming unbalanced. And that is the danger of that. If you're not spending hours and hours exercising to make sure there's balance, you lose balance by isolation. But if you're looking for multiple muscle groups, then it's easy to do. So I have three exercises that I include in my routine. And those three exercises pretty much work big parts of my body. The first one is a bench press. The bench press uh, brings in a lot of arm and chest and back and shoulder muscles. So that's a big one that I include because I know it's working multiple muscles. It's about a pushing exercise. Then I also do squats because I know the squats are, are all about my legs, my lower extremities, and also my back to some degree. And then the big daddy of them all, the deadlift. And, and you can look all of these up online and find out how to do them correctly. So the bench press, a squat, and a deadlift. A deadlift is about w- picking up a whole lot of weight and doing it correctly. That's all of your body. It works everything from your feet all the way up past your shoulders. Everything is working to hold on to that weight. So the deadlift brings everything in there. Now, when I add to that, I'm looking for other places that bring functionality based on what I want to be doing. And since I like to paddleboard and trail run, I do a lot of also core work. But it's always built around those three big exercises. They will give you the biggest bang for your buck. If you were to go in and just do those three things multiple times, you would be in good shape. But you can add others based on what you want to do. Now, one of the cautions I have is the chronic cardio, as the paleo world has called it. So much of what we've seen around us is about chronic cardio, about going long term on cardiac or or cardio exercises. So running and uh, bicycling uh, for long distances. Now, if you really just like to run, that's great. I like to trail run, but I make sure that I keep it to a limited amount per week so that I'm not stressing my body. Here's the problem with too much cardio. It creates a constant level of inflammation in your system. 
if you're running day after day or even every other day, you're creating a circumstance where after mus- a mile after mile, your muscles are not able to recover fast enough. And so you end up with a constant state of inflammation in your body. Inflammation is not real good for our muscles to recover and it's not real good for our body. And so the chronic cardio becomes a chronic condition in our body. Also, when you are doing all the cardio work, your muscle mass doesn't have a chance to recover. The chemicals that are released in the long cardio are not about building bigger muscles. Look at the difference between weightlifters and runners. Uh, Runners don't have big muscles. They have lean muscles and they have uh, lots of of capacity of going a long distance, but they can't build the muscles. In fact, people who who have been doing a lot of weightlifting and then running realize that they can't build muscle mass because the running cuts it down. So just recognize that muscle mass, and that's one of the things we're trying to hold on to, doesn't um, grow very well in a, in a cardiac routine when you're doing a lot of cardiac. Also, those routines tend to be pretty hard on our joints. Uh, so you want to make sure that you moderate that. Now, I am not saying don't run. I am not saying don't row. I'm not saying don't bike. I'm just saying be aware that there's some balance that comes into those pieces. So what you want to do really, I think, are three parts. One is to move slow, which means to walk. I'm not talking about power walking, but walking every day. Our bodies are designed for that. That's what our ancestors would have done, walking pretty far distances. So getting a slow walk in. And so you start at 15 minutes. You don't ever have to get beyond a half an hour if you don't want to, but you know, aiming at a half an hour a day of walking would be a good thing to do. And then uh, a couple of times a week, once or twice a week, to get a sprint in. And sprinting doesn't mean run and sprint. You can do lots of exercises to sprint, but something where you're going full throttle uh, for a a short amount of time. And we're talking about doing, you know, two or three 30 to 40 second sprints. That's all we're talking. So you can do that on a treadmill. You could do it in uh, on a trail if you trail run. I do it when I'm paddling, just by paddling really hard. People do it on rowing machines, on bike machines, on treadmills. Wherever you are, you can get a sprint in just by doing something really, really, really fast, as fast as you can, recovering a little bit and doing it again. That releases some hormones in the body that don't get released any other way. So a few sprints a week and then heavy lifting a couple of times a week, one, two, maybe three times a week to just really put something against those muscles and let them fight against it to to build themselves up. Okay, so those are the three pieces I recommend. Slow moving exercise every day, a sprint a couple of times a week and heavy lifting one to three times per week, depending on what your body will allow you to do. Remember to start slow and build up. Whenever you jump in too fast, you're sabotaging yourself. This is a lifelong process. This is not where you're jumping in to see how much you can do right now, but how you can build a thriving body one day at a time. Think of the long term. Don't go for broke. Uh, We're not going for uh, any deadline. We're not going for vacation or anything else. We're going to build this for the rest of your life. So the deadline of this is from now on. How do we get through that? The second thing is to build in accountability. Find someone to exercise with if you do that. Uh, Find someone to tell about your exercise uh, if you kind of do that. And make sure that there is accountability. Whenever we're starting something new, it always helps for somebody else to be asking, how's that going? Or for us to be meeting that person. If you're going to go for a walk, 
it may be much more fun to find somebody to walk with. If you're going to the gym for lifting weights, meet somebody there and make sure you're both on the same page about what you're really after. Find some way of being accountable. There are even online accountability pieces where you have to log in and say you did your thing. Those are great ways of building that. The last piece is to create systems uh, to do just that. What I do is I always decide the night before what I'm going to do the next day, and I put the clothes out ready to go. That's my system. If I'm going to paddleboard, I get everything together ahead of time the night before, not the morning of when it's easy to go, well, I just don't have time. I always have my walking system. That's the start of my day. And so that's a system I have in place. Whatever you want to do, build a system around that so you're easily stepping into that. Okay, that's the exercise stuff that I want to tell you about. This is, again, about building a thriving body, not striving for a body ideal, but trying to get to the place where your body can take you through life, wherever you want life to go, however you want it to be, so that you thrive as you move through life with your body. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best for a thriving life. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.